0: hey everybody welcome back to another special episode of sap and chance i am joined with my man chance michaels and right beside us we have john Corthaw, Arthur extraordinaire lawyer by day let me tell you a little bit about john here okay he's an award-winning freelance comic book writer and a professional wrestling historian john's writing credits include heavy metal magazine antarctic press Silverline comics second sight studios and squared circle comics he has worked with the likes of jim duggan rocky johnson bruno sammartino hacksaw jim duggan uh the killer bees the rock and roll express and most recently ladies and gentlemen he is the author of this amazing book that we had the privilege of having one Luke you know having Luke on the show with us unfortunately we couldn't get Butch on the show that 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 kind of hits hard since we've kind of lost him guys uh at the beginning before we go any further here i just want to say at the time of this recording um today's the day that the iron cheek has passed away so all condolences and and you know best wishes to the family and to everyone that was connected to him a true legend um I can't say enough. This one kind of really hit hard for me guys. I don't know why like wrestlers have passed away, but this one hit hard. John, welcome to the show, man. How are you? Thank
1: you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah. What a day,
0: huh? It's unfortunate. Um, John, so you're a lawyer by day. You're an author by night. You have a family, you have a couple of dogs. How, how do you do it all brother, man? And in, in the conversations that we've shared, you're constantly on the go and, uh, a big thank you for taking the time out tonight to give us this opportunity to, to share your story.
1: Of course. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. I ask myself that question, I think just about every day too. You know, as I, as I hit my fifties, it's not as easy to, to keep up the, you know, keep up the, 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 I guess, pace that I I went at when I was a little bit younger, but Hey, we still do it. It's fun. You know, when you like what you do, it's, it's a little bit easier to do it. And, uh, you know, so I'm sticking with it. So we've, as you mentioned earlier, I've worked with a lot of the, a lot of pro wrestlers over the years. One that you didn't mention, um, who I'm very proud of, also. So I'll throw him out there, is Terry Funk.
0: Oh um, yes, yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, Terry was another really big one that I worked with, and and still talk to him. You yes. know, probably once or twice, uh, once or twice a month. That's um, fantastic. Thing to do, yeah.
0: So, so John, let's, let's get to, to the nitty gritty of it. I I guess the cliche question is how did you get into wrestling? But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, how did you get into all of it? Was writing your first passion was wrestling a passion that that transcended into writing? How how did it all work for you? What, where, where did it kick off?
1: Well, it's kind of like just about anything else. Sometimes things just fall into the right place at the right time, but I grew up here in Florida. I live in central Florida, uh, a fan of pro wrestling. I was born in the early seventies. Um, so you know, back then it was before WWF even. It was really WWF back then. Um, and everything was territorial. So I grew up on championship wrestling from Florida, which was the territory down here that was run by Eddie Graham. Hey, and Dusty I remember Gray. Yeah, and well, D- yeah, Dusty did a lot of booking for him. Um, but I remember being a kid and my, my parents would leave me with my great grandfather, who was a pro wrestling fan. And I, I have to credit him, Grandpa Edge for getting me into pro wrestling. So I can remember being a little kid on the floor of his house. He'd have black and white TV on with championship wrestling from uh, Florida. And I would, I'd see him throwing hands, you know, at the screen, which for a young kid, that's pretty, you know, impressionable. Uh, so that's really where my love for, for wrestling started. And I continued to be a fan, you know, growing up through the years, you know, everywhere from CWF eventually went to, you know wtbs at 605 as we would watch you know championship wrestling out of atlanta the omni mm-hmm. um eventually i remember being a kid when 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 uh saturday night main event uh, made its first debut with the, our, our first introduction to the wwf uh yeah i remember that as a kid which was something completely different you know when you would watch in the NWA, the, the styles were different. I mean, I think it was more, more glamour with the WWF, and you'd see it on the nighttime television with guys that were even bigger than the guys that you watched, uh, you know, in your territory. At least they seemed bigger.
0: Mm. And that's
1: really where that love of of wrestling started. And, and simultaneously, I've had this discussion on some of the comic book podcasts that I get on that at the same time I was growing up a fan of comic books. You know, it was in the day with the old spinner racks, you know, they didn't have comic book stores necessarily as much, but I would be walking home from school at the local Rexall drugstore would have a spinner rack. Right. And I'd be picking up comics for 50 or 50 cents or 75 cents a pop. So that growth with, with wrestling and comics kind of happened simultaneously. Um, and then, you know, life took a turn. You know, I grew up, I became a teenager, ended up going to college. Comics kind of fell by the wayside, and eventually wrestling too a degree um you know i'd still watch it a little bit as we saw the attitude era coming in and things like that but yeah. not quite as much um ended up going to law school and ended up meeting my wife who had a young daughter who's now my daughter um and she as she got older she was a fan of comics and that's where i initially started the writing you know i always had an interest in writing but i'd never really done much with it and i remember you know she she loved you know superhero characters and, and i uh I'm one of those that I, I, I wasn't a fan of what was being offered for young women uh, right. in comic. I, I saw a lot of comic book characters that were being over-sexualized, in my opinion. So I'm a firm believer if you don't like something, you know, change it. So sure. I, wrote my, I wrote my first comic. It was called Rochelle, the Teen Cockroach. And uh, just kind of on a whim. Uh, and lo and behold, it got picked up by Antarctic Press, okay. publisher out of uh, Dallas or San Antonio, Texas. Um, And it did really well, actually had some great reception. Um, And then here's how I segue to wrestling, which is really odd how this happened. I got a phone call uh, and I I can't really do his voice, but it was a deep Eastern European sounding voice. He's like, hello, is this John Crowther? And I said, yeah. And he goes, "Uh, this is Nikolai Volkov. Oh, wow. And apparently a, a friend of mine who was also friends with Nikolai, uh, had spoken with him and given him a copy of the Rochelle comic. Hmm. And, you know, this is when I learned that a lot of pro wrestlers are also fans of comic books. And I've, it's kind of expanded since then, but he had read it. And he said, Hey, can you get me in touch with John? Do you think he'd want to tell my story in a comic book? And that's when he called me and he said, how would you like to tell my story in a comic book? And I'm like, uh, God, how could I not want to, you know? So the first wrestling autobiographical comic I did was actually for Nikolai Volkov, uh, wow. and it just went up from there.
0: Wow, wow, wow. So so you started off with Nikolai, and I guess the attraction started there, and
1: other guys kind of caught wind of it? Yeah, so Nikolai introduced me to Bruno Sammartino in uh, Orlando at WrestleMania. Um, and And then on my own, I've never been one, being an attorney – you learn that, you know, you, you learn to drop those barriers about being afraid to approach people, I guess, because you're dealing with all types of people from all walks of life. So right. I have really, there, there's no worries for me of going up to anyone. And I, I introduced myself to a um, few people, but one that stood out was uh, Brian Blair, B. Brian Blair. Mm, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I talked to Brian, super nice guy. He's president of the Cauliflower Alley Club. Um, I, I talked to him about maybe doing something for him and Jim Brunzel. He loved the idea. He put me in contact with Jimmy and uh, we did that. We did the Killer Bees comic um, which I want to say was I think that was our second one uh, followed thereafter by Lanny Poffos but once I got to know Brian, I mean Brian is like a walking telephone book for pro wrestling Um, and I I learned pretty quickly that if you're a good person and you're honest um, pro wrestling is almost like a fraternity it kind of reminded me of when I was back in college and, and once you get in the good graces of some, you can become in the good graces of all uh, just right. because they learn to trust you. They learn you're not there to take advantage of them. Um, and Brian started introducing me around to a lot of people. Um, I remember going, I, I ended up joining the Cauliflower Alley Club, which I would encourage a lot of people to do. And I can explain more what that's about in a little bit. But um, I remember going to one of the luncheons. And I was I think I was talking to Brian and I hear again a voice behind me. Uh, says, hey, hey, you the comic book guy? And I turn around; it's Rocky Johnson. And uh, of course, I'd never met Rocky before. I had seen him there, but I hadn't gone up to him. And I, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I guess, I guess I am. He's like, well, how come you haven't written mine yet? Am I not famous enough? Oh. <laughs> and, and that started a friendship with Rocky Johnson. Uh, you know, he was a he was really a good guy. Um, despite, you know, I know he had some differences with some people, but he was always. A good, kind-hearted guy with me. Um, we ended up working together and did his his comic, his story. Um, and for a while there, I, I, Rocky wouldn't do a, a convention in the state of Florida without me sitting next to him, oh, wow. which kind of was a nice treat. So, we would, you know, we travel around Central Florida, anywhere from Jacksonville, you know, down to Tampa area. And we did shows at malls. We did them in uh, fairgrounds. We did them you know, in convention halls. And it was really a great experience getting to know Rocky which also opened the doors to even more guys. So no, it's just awesome. kind of, you know, one of those things, like you said, once you get into it and you still start to get to know them and then more people are interested. They want to say, what's this about? Is yeah. this something you can do for me? Yeah.
0: No, hundred percent. And, and I, I completely concur with everything you said there. We're kind of on the same journey here ourselves. So, you know, uh, anyone listening to this guys, come. We want you on, uh, John. Tell us a little bit more on how you got into the autobiography side of everything, though. Like comic books is one thing, but writing a book is completely different.
1: Yeah. So, so, so I don't know how 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 PG rated you are. I can you know I want to talk like Luke when I do this one. But, yeah.
0: Um, Where we, we we are an open form
1: all forms of cussing are accepted. All right. So <laughs> if you, know Luke, you know how Luke talks, but yeah. um, you know, of course, all the wrestling books are autobiographical. So yep. I was already doing the autobi- autobiographies. COVID hit 2020, um, and, and things had kind of slowed down at work. The convention scene had slowed down. I had been friends with Luke since probably around 2013 or 2014. We'd met on the convention circuit, and just and because he's a Florida guy, I would see him, you know, quite often. Sure. Which really impressed me because I remember I think I met him at WrestleMania one year, mm-hmm. very briefly introduced myself. And then I ran into him again at a convention, like two years later. And he goes, Hey, John Crowther. How are you, mate? You know? So I was like, Holy shit. how does this guy know, uh, know my name, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. But around 2020 he gives me a call and he's like, Hey Crowther, mate, how'd you like to write a real fucking book? Oh, you know? Wow.
0: Yeah. 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 And,
1: uh, and I said, well, you know, I, yeah, let's do it. And, and I, um, the funny thing was I had been approached. Over the years, like since around, I think 2016 may have been the first one, 2016, 2017, Brian Blair actually asked me to write his autobiography and, and the traditional book mm-hmm. after we did the comic. Uh, but due to my being an attorney and I had so many things on my table with comics and then I had, you know, being honest, I probably had a little fear about transitioning into a, a real fucking book, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I turned him down and I actually sent him to um, Kenny Casanova. you might... Mm-hmm. Or might not know kenny's written a lot of our in fact his latest uh for ken patera i, I did some editing on okay um but i, I cool. sent him the direction uh to kenny and kenny hooked him up with a, a writer named ian douglas um who you might or might not know uh ian is an extremely talented writer he um he ended up doing the killer bees book oh, okay um he did um oh hornswoggle's book oh cool. uh, he's done uh, quite a few he, uh, so so that's where that one went i kept doing the comics over some time, I also befriended uh, Bugsy McGraw. I don't know how well you know Bugsy. Yeah, so yeah. Bugsy, okay, so for, for younger fans out there might not might not recognize the name, but Bugsy was a huge drawback in the 60s, into the 70s. In fact, he sold out Madison Square Garden in a match against Bruno San Martino. You recently, uh, and then,
0: sorry, you recently were just with him, weren't you?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with him quite a bit. He lives in Daytona right. Beach, like in oh, okay. minutes okay. uh, okay. But he... Um, and we've become really good friends, but he um, and then eventually he ended up going to championship wrestling from Florida right. where he was real the headliner along with Dusty Rhodes for many years um, here here in central Florida. But he approached me and said, you know, again, same thing. Hey, John, how'd you like to write my book? Um, same thing. I turned him down. I said, hey, Bugsy, I'm a little busy. Uh, I'd happy to do a comic for you. I don't know that I got time for a book again. I sent him to Kenny and it ended up Ian Douglas wrote Bugsy McGraw's book. Um in fact he did Bugsy's I think before he did um before he did the Killer Bees Bugsy's book and that was kind of the reason I started thinking all right I got to kind of get into this. Uh Bugsy's book ended up making the top 10 in that little poll I put out at the end of the year the, right. uh, on top wrestling autobiographies mm-hmm. and I was like damn I wish I I taken that now you know I mean cuz he had such a good story. So then when Luke hit there was no way in hell I was turning that down. You know, here they are. You know, 2015 WWE Hall of Famers, I had been a fan of the Sheep Herders initially. Um, Over 50 years of history with these guys, Um, stuff that I myself didn't know until I actually started getting into it with them. Like I didn't know that much about their early, even earlier years back in New Zealand when when Luke was wrestling and more of a, kind of like an exotic Adrian Street, yeah. gorgeous George-type character as yeah. William. I didn't know about that stuff until we started the interviews, you know? Um, so I learned a lot more about them, which in, in the, you know, in doing so I got to know them even better and and became very close. I mean, I didn't know uh, Butch before that. I got to know Butch actually through the interview process uh, and then we became very close and, and ended up becoming very close with his daughters and his wife too um, over that Time frame because I want to say, and we probably talked about it when we were working on the book. I mean, we went for over two years, um, every Wednesday night for just about, just about every Wednesday night for two years, we would get together like this and we would talk for two hours. Um, Butch liked to call it our three ways. Um, and I honestly, I recorded all. It. So I've got two years of recordings of me talking with Luke and Butch about their lives from their early childhoods all the way up to um to their induction of the hall of fame
0: no that's absolutely um, phenomenal uh you know this this book here i'm telling you guys and girls everybody get it get it get it get it because john i gotta say the the one thing that really impressed me about this book is the way it was written for myself personally when i was reading it i felt like a lot of the times, I really felt that I was there, like you know what I mean. Like obviously physically not there, but the way it was yeah. written, the description of it all, it was simple, but it was concise yeah. yet it was full. Like the stories were yeah. full. I mean, for most people, nobody knows the Bushwhackers outside of the WWE, right? Yeah. Like there's whole, so much there that people didn't know about that I didn't even know about. And I like to think of myself as like a pretty hardcore Mark, but yeah. you know, like I was blown away by this content. Uh, really well written. Um, is this writing style something that you've always had or is it something you kind of yeah. like, yeah,
1: Honestly, yeah, and I got that. Um, and it maybe it evolved from just, you know, probably when I initially started even doing the comics. I mean, how I, how I've always approached it is like we're doing right now. I would sit down, you know, whether it be through a zoom type situation or whether it be in person, I sit down and I have a conversation with these guys and, and, I try to tell the story the way they relay it to me so that when you're reading it, you feel like you're actually having a conversation with Nikolai Volkov or Luke Williams or Bruno San Martino or Terry Funk. You feel like you're actually hearing it from them. So I'm writing it in their words. Now I will admit, um, with a bit of advice, I did go back and, and edit out a few of the F-bombs in the, in the Bushwhackers book. Uh, at one point we joked that we were gonna do a, a second issue. We we're gonna call it the F-bomb edition. Um, that just had all, all of those in there, but we didn't do it, but you know, so we kind of cleaned that one up a little bit. I mean, it's still got a few in it, but literally you're just hearing it exactly as how, for the most part, how they relayed to me and then put more into a book type format where you can read it. Something else I just came up with while I was doing that book, is I would notice as these guys were talking to me, whether it be talking about New Zealand or talking about Portland or talking about Texas, any of the different territories, they would bring up different guys from those experiences in those years. I would jot the name down. And then when we get off the phone, I'd look those people up. Um, And I didn't necessarily tell Luke and Butch I was doing that. Um, And if I could make contact, I would reach out to those people. And then when I would ask them to give me a few words about their experiences with luke and butch oh, wow. and that's why you would see scattered throughout the book these little quotes yeah where i'd reached out to hacksaw jim duggan or i'd reached out to oh god it goes on to on i think i even his name is slipping me right now but i, I even reached out to luke's old roommate in new zealand when right, he first okay. got into that one
0: and, and yeah, yeah. i got
1: a quote from him he may have been the first one we had in there um you know so i tried to do that which would make and i'll do that in in, in the next book too uh, it, it makes it a little bit more unique because you're hearing not only, you know, the wrestler's perspective of their life, but you're also hearing the perspective of other people who knew them at different points in their lives and in their careers, which I think really adds to it.
0: No, 100%. Absolutely. Um, tell us a little bit more like some of the experience that you had, like when you were writing the book with the bushwhackers and things, did things ever get off the rails or, did, you know, like any kind of tidbits, any antidotes that you like to share about them in, in with the
1: process? Well, I mean, we were, you know, it's like I said, we became friends uh, yeah. in the process. So there were always jokes and inside jokes that we'd laugh about. Um, they would, and these are the things I can't tell you. There were things they'd tell me some stories and say, mate, you can't put that in the fucking book. You know, um, you know, we did have discussions. They never wanted to, um, never, never wanted to throw anybody under the bus that they worked with. But they wanted to tell stories so that fans could see, you know, what life was like on the road, what life was like for them growing up in New Zealand. I mean, some of the things which I was a history major in college. So even beyond the wrestling history, I, I found the history of New Zealand fascinating mm-hmm. um, to think that these guys had never even seen televised. professional They didn't have television, televised wrestling in New Zealand until the 1960s, I believe.
0: Uh, I, um, came, I believe it came in the 70s based on 70s, what we read. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. In the 70s. Um, Butch was a fan of Luke's. Butch could remember going to the to the local, uh, you know, arenas and they would see he would see Luke come in with his little flamboyant act going on. And uh, and he, he, he hated him just like everybody else hated him. Um, but he loved wrestling. So, I mean, it was just some neat stories hearing the respect that they had for each other and the respect they had for the business. And, and, of course, the wrestling style, um, you know, and I still encourage people to pick up the book, but the wrestling style that they started in is so opposite of what they eventually ended up doing. You know, people think the change from Sheep Herder to Bushwhacker was, 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 was great. You should have seen the change from Kiwi or pre-Kiwi yeah. to Sheep Herder. They were wrestling English round style where they yeah. would go out and wrestle, you know, like like three six-minute rounds in a ring that was actually a boxing where if you broke the rules, the police weren't smarted up to the, smartened up to the business; they would literally arrest you and it, take you out of the ring. Yeah, and I,
0: and I asked him that, and I asked him that when we talked to him. I said to him, "I like I don't understand why why weren't they smart to it?" And yeah. uh, I can't remember what he said, but he gave us an explanation. Chance, do you remember by chance what he said?
1: I can't remember what he said. No.
0: No. All right.
1: Yeah. But oh, yeah. I recall from when I would talk to them, a lot of that. Well, they did. It was it was the business. I mean, back then now, everybody exposes the business. I mean, oh, no. but back then, you, you know, you didn't want to you didn't want to kill the magic. You didn't want if you know, could you trust the police? If one if one cop knew that it was it was a work. Yeah. You know, what's, the, what's the guarantee? He wasn't going to tell everybody else. It was a work?
0: no fair you play, know? fair play, fair play yeah, completely.
1: So they kind um, of do what they did.
0: Yeah, while while we're on the topic of the bushwhackers, unfortunately, we did lose Butch uh, a couple months ago. Um, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about it. Um, were you in Los Angeles at the time? Were you yeah, down? I was not,
1: I, I, I I had wanted to go, um, yeah. but again, logistically with a law practice, it, it didn't make sense for me right. to shut the practice for a week.
0: Right.
1: Um, and, or Butch and I, all of us, talk, but Butch and I did talk a lot. We, you know, we never sadly never had the opportunity to meet face to face in person Mm -hmm. um i will say his one of his daughters sent me a a screenshot of a message he sent to her the day before he left where he said his only regret was that he wasn't able to shake my hand when he got to los angeles um which you know i said but he um you know he said that in again in that message he even said that you know his friends were in the states that most of his friends in New Zealand had passed um, and that he was so happy to be going back to the United States where his brothers in professional wrestling were, where his fans were. So I know in my heart that, you know, this was where he wanted to be. And I'm not convinced that he didn't in his gut know he might pass when he got there yeah. um, knowing Butch. Um, yeah. You know, as you know, some of the, some stories are out there, people, you know, a lot of people don't maybe necessarily know exactly what happened. I mean, I know from accounts I was, I, when, when they arrived, I talked to Butch when he arrived in LA, he was in good spirits. You might've right. seen he did, a, uh, he actually did a signing that night, a private signing right. with Scott Wilder. He and he yelled out to me a couple of times in it, but he um, went to dinner that night. Everything seemed fine. Um, he went, he actually had dinner with uh, Honky and, oh, okay. uh, and Luke and, and Scott Wilder, they I've got some pictures from from their dinner together. Um, he went to bed. Next morning, um, he was supposed to meet Luke, and he didn't show up. So Luke called him, and no answer. So Luke got Scott, and uh, they got I guess hotel security. Yeah. And they went up and knocked on the door. No answer. So they went in and they opened the door, and you know there was Luke. He was. Non responsive. He hadn't died yet. Um, he'd laid his clothes out probably the evening before. And uh, so they took him to the hospital and uh, he went on life support actually pretty early, right. uh, more earlier than we were disclosing to anyone. I, and for a couple of reasons. I think one, nobody wanted to believe it. Yeah. Uh, two, his wife and his kids are in New Zealand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. You know? So I was talking, in fact, I, I reached out to the girls and to Helen, trying to get them to contact Luke while all this was going on. Of course, Luke is trying to keep his best face and his brother of over 50 years, yeah. you know, is in the hospital and he's at Russell Conn, you know, and he trying to hold up one end of the business and one end of his, of his love for his, for his, for his brother. But yeah. Um, or, and uh, so we were all communicating throughout the days. And then finally, you know, once they were able to contact the girls and, and Helen and get everybody connected together, um, that's when they made the decision to go ahead and and let Butch, you know, have That'd his rest. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but, you know, he apparently he hadn't taken, you know, he was he, he hadn't been healthy for many years. Sure. Um, people, you, you know, you can read about it even in the book. We talk about, yeah. you know, he was a boy. He was born with club feet. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and medicine wasn't what it was is now, but wasn't like that back then. So you know they had to break his ankles a couple times and reset them. Um, as in fact, that was one of the reasons he did the march the way he did the ring because his his gait actually was off because of these ankle um, surgeries he'd had. Right, right. He was a boy, but you know he got infections um, later on in his career that it made him really sick, where he almost died here in the states um, early on. Um, mm-hmm. And, and he had to be flown. That's why he went to New Zealand. He had a hip taken out because of infections.
0: Mm-hmm. He almost
1: died the time in New Zealand. Uh, and they were able, we, we used to kind of laugh about that, that Luke had, or Butch had so many lives, he kept kicking out.
0: Is and I think people cat?
1: wanted to believe that. They, we wanted to believe that he'd kick out again, you know, because he was always able to kick out one more time, you know? Yeah. And uh, and this time he just couldn't. Uh, no. and it's just a real shame.
0: Yeah, it's but, a loss for us, but wrestling heaven has gained a... Uh... Again, to legend. I always look, I always imagine wrestling heaven is this, like when someone dies, they enter the ring and they go up there, like, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of my own little fantasy, but I always picture when when Road Warrior Animal died, I pictured Hawk getting beaten up in the ring in heaven and he just shows up and, yeah. yeah.
1: And without getting religious on people, I mean, I look at it, you know, first of all, I feel blessed to have known him. Um, I feel blessed that we got this book done. Yeah. Um, and we got his story out, you know, before he left us, I I think it's, it was important, not only for his fans, uh, and for him, but also for his family, you know, for his daughter, for his grandchildren, for his, his future grandchildren and great grandchildren, they'll know who their dad and their grandfather were, it was, and some of the things he did, they'll always have that. Um, you know, but I'm also a believer that what we, what we are doing right now, this life that we have now is not the end. Um, so I have confidence that there's more beyond this and he's probably looking down now, you know, smiling at everybody and, and, and kind of having a chuckle and maybe even doing a little march up there too. Um, and I'm I'm confident I'll see him again. You know, I, I honestly, and truly believe that. So, you know, love you, Butch, you know, um, and and we've lost some more since then, you know, and, um, it's, we're, it's, it's a tough, um. I, I don't know your actual age. I mean, I'm 52. I'm 48. You're 40, so we're in the same we're in the same generation, and, and, yeah. and we're at that age where we're starting to see a lot of the guys and and girls too, um, yeah. female wrestlers, yeah. and not even not even just in wrestling. It's it's just an entertainment in entertainment and just general. in life.
0: In life, I, I really life. believe. Yeah, I just well, like I I, I I I look at it this way. We're we're at a stage in our lives, all three of us, where. Goodbye is more common now than hello. Absolutely, you know, in yeah. a lot of ways, and it's kind of like Tina Turner and and you know Butch and and the Iron Sheik today and what have you. It's Like these, it's are, all, Bill yeah, it's just, these are all, yeah. These are all pieces of our lives that make us who we are as individuals, you know. So I mean, it, it's it's um, it's rough, man. It's truly rough, yeah. but you know, we we're blessed to have had the privilege of watching them and and enjoying them and and being a part of of whatever
1: they've given us so i mean you know thank Absolutely. you in sisters like me like i said i feel so blessed i never would imagine as a little kid crawling around on my great-grandfather's floor yeah that i would actually become friends and and, and tell the stories of these guys and gals that i would watch on tv i never ever ever would And I feel so lucky and blessed that I'm able to do that. And I'll tell you, every time we lose one, every time we lose a a Butch or we lose a Rocky, and if you look back on my trail of books I've done, I've lost Nikolai Volkov. I've lost Bruno Sammartino. I've lost Wayne Poffo. I've lost Rocky Johnson. I've lost Butch. I've lost so many. And and I look back, and and that's a short period of time. And I look back, and, and it makes me even more proud and happy that I got started doing what I'm doing And that I'm able to get these stories out and it it, it emphasizes why it's important to get these stories told. Um, and it's not just about me trying to write books and Hey, everybody knows who I am and, and I'm selling books and then about that. It's about preserving their legacies for other people to know who they are. And not just for, fans. like I said, it's not just for fans. It's for their families. It's for their, their future family that hasn't been born yet. Um, because these guys and these gals did some amazing things. Not just in wrestling, in life. I mean, you know, Butch. Butch was in the military. Butch did so much stuff, you know, and he lived lives that in a time when they didn't have TV, in a time when they didn't have air conditioning, in times stuff that we people nowadays can't even imagine. And to be able to go back and read stories about that and understand what life was like from 1944 to now and how different it is from now to you know 80 years from now is it's important and it's history that needs to be maintained and and uh hey as long as I got breath in me I'll keep doing it
0: that's awesome so currently you have sorry right a chance you got No something. go ahead yep.
1: go ahead uh
0: currently behind you we we see glacier what's going
1: on yeah well first of all when I logged into Zoom I I learned how to do something I'd never done before so I threw this up so uh I'm actually I'm actually working on another book um awesome for, for Ray Lloyd, uh, for people who don't know him as Ray Lloyd, they might know him as, as, as uh, Glacier from WCW. So uh, Ray lives not that far from me. He's over in the Orlando area. Um, I approached Ray shortly after finishing the Bushwhacker book and uh, said, hey, Ray, how'd you like to get a book done? And he said, you know, John, like two people have asked me. And he goes, but let's talk about it. And, and when I explained to him what I do, how I do it, um, he said, you know, I wouldn't pick anybody else. So we started working on Ray's, you know, for people who didn't hear me talk earlier about how we did these, the same thing. I, I get together with Ray generally every Tuesday or Wednesday night. We talk for about two hours. We laugh a lot. We, we, we run over history. He has a hell of a history. Uh, before he ever became a wrestler, he was, a, uh, he was an All-American football player playing center at Valdosta State. He was uh, a wor- world-class uh, in karate. Um, actually, uh, a lot of people don't, you know, it wasn't just a, a character that he played on, uh, in WCW, it actually led to the character, but he, he, he's very well trained in karate. Um, so that's what we're working on now. We did take a little bit of time off and I, I want to plug this for him. Ray's got a movie coming out. Um, I want to say about three years ago, maybe four years ago, you know, we've been friends for a while, but he invited me to come out on set. He was filming. Uh, locally in a town, Sanford, about mm. 25 30 minutes from here. Um, I showed up on site. He was there with Haku and Stan Hansen, uh, Ernest, uh, Ernest Miller. Uh, who else was out there? God, but there were quite a few. In fact, I posted a picture with all of us together. Oh, uh, Larry Zabisco. Um, And so he's got this movie coming out. It's like a sci-fi, kind of like a John Carpenter type movie. Oh, cool. Um, and he's been working on it for like four years. He just, he's done with that. It's, He just sent the final copy off to, you know, the people in the movie land where they do the ratings for movies uh, yesterday. And uh, he's excited that things are going to be coming out pretty soon. So definitely follow Ray on Facebook and wherever else you can find Twitter or whatnot and and keep track of that movie because it is a star studded lineup. It's got DDP in it. It's got, Oh my God. It's got gang in it. I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, uh, and you're a fan of maybe John Carpenter and like they live with Roddy Piper, this is a must see movie. I am so excited to see it come out. Uh, not it. just because I'm friends with Ray, yeah. but when I saw the lineup, Ron Reese, if you remember Ron Reese, yeah, from, yeah. Uh, the Yeti, he's in it. I mean, it's got, oh my God. If you were a wrestler in WCW at any point in your life, you're probably going to pop up in this movie. Yeah. Um, so it's to It'll be pretty cool for not only sci-fi fans, but also just, wrestling fans to just sit in a theater and pick guys out as yeah 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 yeah,
0: no doubt sorry
1: i don't know if you gave us a title or do we have a title for it yet well it will god i knew the title but he changed the name so i don't know what the new name is okay well Um, we'll find out we'll let everybody know i think it was called like the unforgettables or something like that but i think i think when it got into editing they changed the title um so i don't know i don't know yet but um, as soon as i know it I'll share the hell out of it, Ray. But he's working on the trailers now. Oh, wow. So That's fantastic. It's pretty cool. Yeah. When,
0: when are you expecting to have this next uh, novel done,
1: autobiography done? Initially, the plan was to get it done by Christmas. Okay. Whether or not it's going to happen, I don't know because we lost some time when I let him kind of get to work on that movie. But yeah. I'm still going to push. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of putting books up around Christmas because then everybody's excited to get it for, get it for Christmas present. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But if not, it is what it is. You know, we'll get it done when we can get it done. I've already got three guys. So I, I won't drop any names yet. One of them will probably let me. Um, a couple guys, two two guys I don't want to mention yet have talked to me about maybe doing a book. Huge sure. names. Huge, yeah. huge, huge. Um, and another one who I think is a pretty big name, well, I'll go ahead and throw out there because he said we got a handshake agreement, uh, Bill Alfonso, Fonzie. Oh, wow. Um, E-C-W, well, ECW
0: referee.
1: ECW referee. Um, also, uh, and a manager. Okay, he was yeah. also a referee in, in WCW, NWA, right. Florida. He was in WWE. Yeah. In fact, I did a show with him last weekend um, in the Tampa area, CWF Fan Fest, and I told him, this is when we were talking about it, and I said, honestly, Fonzie, I think if I sit down and think about the, who's living today, Fonzie has probably worked with more professional wrestlers than anybody else living today.
0: Oh, wow. Because oh.
1: about ECW, WWE, NWA, WCW, AWA. He's worked through so many different organizations with so many different people. Now, not as a worker, but as a referee or as a manager, the stories this guy's got, I mean, everything from, you know, of course, managing RVD, Sabu and, 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 and those guys. And then, Oh God, it, we got, we're going to, and he's an amazing storyteller. you have never sat down with Fonzie you've never lived life because <laughs> this guy, he, wow. he is, he is so wired and he's got so many stories, daddy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know what? We'd love to talk to him, man. If we ever got the opportunity, that'd be amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I could set, help, help you
1: set something up. With that'd be, that. be great. That'd be a,
0: phenomenal. That'd Thank be, you so much.
1: Be, and I'm really excited to work with him yeah. down the road. No,
0: that's phenomenal. Um,
1: Something you, to, so, so so much cool stuff we could talk about
0: you, you got so many things going on john but do you even watch wrestling today are you familiar with the product or anything that's going on
1: i'm not i don't you know and i hate saying it. i don't watch it as much as i probably should okay. um and then when, and then when I and, I and i and i don't want to be ne- i hate being negative about anything um sure but i'm honestly not as big of a fan of the product today as i used to be and and i look at it and i and i can't I don't know if I have an exact reason. I mean, I've got several theories I could possibly throw out there about why not. I mean, one is I'm just older. Um, But, you know, I think, you know, if I do get a chance to watch it, I'm generally finding myself watching old reruns of like, you know, UWF or or CWF or WCW or all the old old Charlotte territory stuff and old WWF stuff. And and my One of my thoughts, too, is I I think the Internet has hurt wrestling. That's one of the reasons Um, I think there was more magic, possibly. But again, I question whether there was more magic because I was a kid or was there more magic because there were more secrets, you know, nowadays with cell phones and with the Internet and with Twitter. I mean, you can't you, you see a character on TV and then like five minutes later, you know, they're out having beers with 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 the heel on the internet so it kind of kills the whole storyline yeah. um i think it seems like nowadays and i've had this discussion with some of the guys i've worked with they're trying to blow up every show like it's like it's the end of a if it's the end of the season with wrestling i mean it's like everybody's trying to do the highest spot every single night in every single match they're they're, they're throwing high spots in the opening shows and leaving nothing for the later later guys um it's just, I don't know. The booking doesn't seem to be the same quality. The um and it's sad. I mean, I wish it were the same, but it just doesn't draw me in as it used to. But
0: um, do you think do you think that it's like this now because the sport had to evolve for the newer viewers and the kind of world that we live in? I mean, we we're we're well, in a, yeah, we're but in yeah, a technological but that, well, world now where everything is fast, 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 quick, quick, quick. You look at every sport in the world, they're trying to make it quicker. I mean, cricket, one of the oldest games in the world. They're they're doing, you know, T20s now to make the game faster. You know what I mean? So it just,
1: it's across the board. I I call it fast food society. You know, I think I read an article a couple of years ago that we now as humans have a shorter attention span than a goldfish. So it, yeah, it just kind of plays into it, but it's still a shame, you know? I I think possibly, and now we got AEW, which I thought could make it a little bit better because I think having one Primary wrestling corporation mm-hmm. can hurt the business too. I mean, mm-hmm. I think growing up as a kid, you know, for young people who might watch your show, they may not realize this, but when we were in a territorial system back in the 70s and the 80s, I would get up in the morning, I would watch wrestling, championship wrestling for Florida. Okay. I didn't know what the hell was going on in Georgia. I didn't know what was going on in San Antonio, Texas. I didn't know what was going on with the WWF up in New York. And the only way I could find that out was to go down to the gas station or to the drugstore and pick up a wrestling magazine. I would sit down with my buddies and we would read the wrestling magazine that would rank everybody from one through 10, who are the top guys in each organization. And then we would have these debates about who the best guys were, you know? I know it.
0: PWI, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could have a wrestler be in your territory. Like JYD might be in your territory for, you know, for like maybe six or seven months. He runs a program. He's gone for like three or four years. He, you know, lose or leave town match. And you literally don't see the guy for like two yeah. or three years. Yeah. And then he comes back two or three years later and he's hot again because you haven't seen him. Yeah. Now we got like the same, like, you know, 15, 20 guys running the same matches every single night. Right. You yeah. know, it's like what's the excitement? You know, I, I think it used even when you had WCW, you would at least have the squash matches. Yeah. You know, and you'd see guys, you know, the Road Warriors would come out and just blow through everybody in like two minutes. You know, but it wasn't like nowadays it would be like the road warriors versus, you know, the the bloodline every freaking weekend. You know, where's the excitement in the match? Where's yeah. the excitement in the pay-per-view when you've already seen the damn thing 15 times in the last, you know, 15 yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think I think a territorial type system, again, would probably yeah. move more life into into the sure. business. But when they go back, I don't know.
0: Well, I think that's where the independents kind of come in now. I think the independents are the new territories,
1: right? in essence yeah. in essence, but but the problem is they're 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 held back because yeah. they don't have they don't get TV. They don't get any. Of it. so mm-hmm. and 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 can just to be honest, if you take a fifteen, 16 year old kid or even a thirty year old guy and and even if they had TV, you got, okay, we're gonna put you know the Daytona Beach wrestling organization on channel two and WWF on Channel 3, which one are you going to freaking watch? I mean, honestly, yeah, you're going to watch yeah. the one where you know the names, you know yeah. what I mean? You're not going to see the other one. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, they're at a great
0: disadvantage. You see, see, in Canada, though, like, we are the same generation and everything, but we didn't have territories. Like, the territory scene wasn't so prevalent, you know, prevalent up yeah. here in Canada. We got all the shows. I got UWF, I got WWE, we got AE, we got AWA. We got them all on Saturday and Sunday, so there was no shortage. Like We got all the promotions. This is why I know who they all are. UWF uh, yeah. would come on at 11 p.m. on Sunday. NWA oh. would be on at 11 p.m. on Saturday night. Um, AWA, Saturday afternoon at 1. WWE would be on at 3.30 sort of a deal. So that whole schedule of Saturday and Sunday. So we kind of got everything there. We never were privy to... The territories per se we had more of the independence here right so like gotcha. for us we What's had grand prix.
1: You had calgary and you had montreal well,
0: well we had grand prix in, in montreal we had stampede in in um calgary yeah, right. obviously
1: but i mean yeah. if you think
0: about it from from alberta to quebec wrestling was huge bc british columbia oh. our province it was big but it was never as big as you once you crossed the rockies Gotcha. Right. You know what I mean? Like guys would come through here and everything. But at the end of the day, once you cross the Rockies, and I always say this, it's like games of thrones. You got British Columbia, then you got the fucking wall and then the rest of the country. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. right. That's the way I've always looked at British Columbia. It's going to be minus five. Once you go on the other side of the wall and plus 10 on our side. That's just the <laughs> way it is. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So John, first off, thank you so much for taking out the time and the energy sure. here. I know that we caught you at the perfect time. You're in between things, so I know you're an extremely, extremely busy man. You're talking to us out of Florida, so we're taking time away from your family and and your and your dogs, who hope are feeling better now. Everyone's feeling oh, good. They're doing, they're doing great. In fact,
1: one of them, he was a puppy. I think he's still kind of a puppy. When we were talking last time, he's now almost hundred pounds.
0: Oh wow wow so, that's <laughs> phenomenal all right john i tell you what man let's wrap it up here thank you so much for taking the time and energy to to join us and to to enlighten us this is amazing you have so much that we want to talk about more hopefully we can do a round two very soon uh john tell us yeah. tell us a little bit about where people can find you this weekend. i know this weekend you're going to be at the river city convention
1: yeah, uh, so I'll, give you a, I'll throw some stuff out so you can if you're in if you're in You know, Central Florida, anywhere from Florida up to like North Carolina, you could probably make it. I'll be at one of the biggest wrestling shows in the country this weekend, uh, June 10 and 11, River City Wrestling Con in Jacksonville, Florida, the Jacksonville Fairgrounds. I'll be seated at a nice big table. On one side, I'm going to have Bushwhacker Luke. Other side, I'm going to have Bugsy McGraw. This show is stacked from top to bottom. We got everybody from Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Barry Windham. Uh, Mike Rotunda, Brian Danielson, S- S- uh, Soraya. I mean, it goes on. I think they've oh, got, wow. they got a, I think there's like 50, 54 wrestlers. Or no, I, actually, I got to laugh at it. There's 53 wrestlers. I saw their banner yesterday. The banner's got 53 wrestlers on it and little old me down in the bottom right corner next to Luke. I'm that's the that only that's non-worker that's on the on banner. But, awesome. um, but if you can make it out there, it's going to be a fantastic show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, then, of course, we'll be hitting the restaurants at night, so you might catch us out there, too. Um, I just signed on, if you know Jason Maples. Um, he's a promoter out of Tennessee. I'm going to be at Jason Maples' show August 26th, uh, Heroes and Legends 20 in uh, Severable, Tennessee. Should be a good show. I'm seeing him announce the other guests uh, day by day, so I know Coco Beware is going to be there. I know Hollywood Jeannie Besson from GLOW, uh, who I also did her comic. Uh, Jeannie's uh-huh. going to be out there, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, if you can't make it to the shows, you want to reach out to me. I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can find me, John Crowther. I got a, I got a professional page for a writer page. I'll even accept you on my personal page. I love talking to people. Um, you can also find me on Twitter, same name. You can find me on Instagram, Johnny Crowther Writer. Uh, reach out, you know, if anybody yeah, is absolutely.
0: interested.
1: Yeah, the books, the Bushwhacker books are still hot. You can get them on, in, on uh, Amazon, anywhere in the world. I still have, for any of your viewers who might be interested, I do still have dual-signed Bushwhacker books signed by both Luke and Butch. Um, and I'm happy to put my signature in there, too. If they're interested, shoot me a message. You can either reach out to me on uh, social media. You can shoot me an email, crowman 71 at AOL.com. I'd happy be happy to hook some of the fans up, uh, Bushwhacker fans up with some nice Autograph memorabilia from Butch. We have not really raised the prices on those. We're trying to keep them affordable so that uh, fans can have a piece of piece of Butch to hold.
0: That's awesome. Cool. Uh, guys, so what we'll do here, uh, I will write all this down in the description so people will find all the links and everything. John, thank you so much again. Uh, it, it's been an honor, a privilege, and a very humbling experience in the words of the great Iron Sheik. Thank you for, for this opportunity tonight. I really appreciate yeah. it.
1: Thank you. And let's do it again.
0: Absolutely. Thank you very much. We'll talk soon.